This is a reading from Acts chapter 16. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. Timothy, Paul, and Silas set sail from Troas and set a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and the Roman colony. We remained in the city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Theotira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. Word of God, word of life. Thank you, Nicole and Evelyn and Greta, for your meaningful words today and God's grace and peace to all of us gathered. A special welcome, families and godparents and a wide community here and online being with us today. We trust in that Holy Spirit being the fire igniting that love, and I see it in your eyes, ninth graders, and I give thanks for that. So it was Labor Day weekend of 1999, and I'm aware, ninth graders, that you weren't even born then. And I was freshly divorced. My sister knew I needed time away with a different view, so she had planned a trip to the East Coast. And through some very strange, unforeseen circumstances, our airline flights were canceled. I was ready to throw in the towel, to go back home, and to be sad for another weekend. My brother-in-law had other plans. Put your bags in the car, Beth. We're driving to Door County for the weekend. Instead of a view of the Atlantic Ocean, it would be Clark Lake. His grandparents lived there, and with a quick call, he let them know that his family and me would be there in time for dinner. I hadn't spent time with his grandparents, and the thought of hanging out on a whole weekend with people I didn't know felt like a little too much, but I decided to go anyway. Their names were Bert and June, and I smelled the pot roast in the oven the moment they opened the door to their home. It is not easy making small talk with someone who used to be married. Questions like, hey, what's new? How have you been? Quickly fall short, but they jumped right in. June, an artist, showed me the room where she painted and took me on a gallery walk of her paintings hung throughout their house. Bert shared stories of their time in Florida teaching me about grapefruit trees and how the sweetest half is the bottom where all the juice nestles in as it hangs on the tree. I woke up the next morning and found the bottom half of a grapefruit 
waiting for me at the breakfast table. The weekend was not what I had planned, and yet my grief and my hope were nurtured for a while by June and Bert's hospitality. We hear today the story of Paul, Silas, and Timothy. They're making their way, witnessing to Jesus without a grand plan. They are living day by day, trusting that the Holy Spirit will be their GPS. And Paul has a vision where a man calls to him to come to Macedonia. And so Paul goes through a lot of twists and turns And he finds a prayer gathering outside the city. Instead of a man there, he meets Lydia. And Lydia unexpectedly meets Paul. We hear that Lydia is known for being a purveyor of purple fabric. She listens to Paul. She hears about Jesus and her heart is open to share what she has so she can find her place in what God is doing. And so she offers her home for them to stay. She gives what she has and creates space for relationships to take root. Now maybe this story doesn't even feel like it's worth sharing, but Luke has included it in the Acts of the Apostle. And there's something holy and spirit-filled about the hospitality that Lydia offers. Her acts are a part of God's larger vision to share his love with the world. Now, we live in a transactional world. Ninth graders, you know this because you're so good at it. In just a click, you can book a vacation watch a movie, find a date, order groceries, make a contribution to church. Thank you for that, by the way. Luke certainly includes the transactional details of the early church, but he mostly stops to tell the story of relationships, of people who get caught up with what God is doing in the world. And it's a mess of humanness. And I think it's something that we're meant to get caught up into. Faith is not meant to be convenient or sterile. Faith is relational, taking root in the daily, the missteps, the unexciting. It's transferred person by person, and it often takes time to sprout. But when it does take root, it has staying power. It leaves a mark on the heart, and with it, a call to extend it along. And if you think about it, the life of Jesus was about the relational, crossing boundaries, coming close, entering stories, eating and touching and healing, connecting people to God and one another. So ninth graders, you're getting confirmed today. And I know that you were held or stood by this font or other fonts with your parents and your godparents. And God made a promise to you that day. And God said, I created you and I call you just 
as you are, to share your presence and your gifts with the world because the world needs what you have to give. It won't always go as planned or be easy, but I'm with you. My grace and my mercy are here for you always. And other people will be here for you too because we do not live this life alone. And all of us made a promise to you that day to know and celebrate your call in the world. We promise to be faith partners with you and your parents because it's a partnership between families and church to nurture faith, to plant seeds, and to tend to them as they grow. Bad Lightfoot, a council member who died in 2020, used to say to me, Beth, I get goosebumps on baptism Sundays because we make promises. And I know these promises are not just words that we say. We commit to doing what we promise. And so I'm just curious today how you are living the promises that you have made to these kids. How have you known and celebrated their call in the world? Because faith is passed person to person. We need to know that someone else is part of this story. We're not just spectators in each other's lives. We're full participants. And nurturing faith in kids is not just something someone else does on Sunday mornings in the basement of the church or what happens here on Wednesday nights. We're all a part of it. We all get to be a part of it. These kids are the future. They are the ones who will lead and make decisions, voting when we can no longer vote, presiding at our funerals, and they are the ones entrusted to care for all the people of this world and for creation itself. What has been your encounter in sharing your story and listening to theirs? Now, it's not just kids we're called to be in relationship with, of course, but the research tells us that for kids to have a vibrant faith, for them to live this hard life with hope, they need five adult mentors other than their parents to know and support them. Who are the kids that you show up for? Who showed up for you? Now, all of this can seem overwhelming for introverts and extroverts alike, but hear this, you can do it. Faith flourishes when we offer what we have, when we dig in relationally, because hospitality is both the giving and the receiving. Paul was called to God to share the love of Jesus with the Gentiles, but in order to live out this call, he needed to encounter Lydia and the gift of hospitality that she had to give, step by step, person by person, story by story, the love of Jesus is proclaimed. Hannah and Adia and James and Evelyn and Quinn and Julia and Zach and Ella and Gage and Eowyn and Greta and Nicole and Abby. What a joy to know and celebrate your call in this world. I read each of your faith statements 
And I simply said, wow, you embody the inclusiveness of God's love. What adults trip on as barriers, you see as a bridge. So share your gifts. Be in relationship with your faith. And if you wonder what that looks like, just look at your guides. Lindsay, as Greta has said, you invested in these kids since they began in Bible Explorers. You were kind of a kid yourself. You don't even have kids, and yet you show up because you know the impact of adult leaders investing in your own life, and you can so relate to them. Thank you. Rachel, you are calm and affirming, an encourager, a great listener, through good times and bad times, for your presence without words and with words. Thank you. And Michelle, Michelle, your energy is like a disco ball, <laughs> illuminating love and welcome to those around you for all the ways that you've shown up for so many years and continue to show up. Thank you. And Joe, <laughs> the anchor with kids at Mount Olivet and also as a, call, as a council member, your presence is steadfast and your faith has action. As we reconnect to each other and rebuild community, it's going to take all of us, not just at church, but in this whole life. We've been away from each other for the last couple years, and we have missed moments, the connection and the opportunity to show up for the sake of another. But you have done that, ninth graders. And know this, that you don't do it alone. The Holy Spirit is calling right now, actually. <laughs> That Holy Spirit takes along with us, stirring, as we say, to churn the living waters within each of us, to nudge us to try, to create opportunities to encounter and be in relationship with someone you know nothing about, to listen more than you speak, to remind you that you have a gift to give. Now, we never get to know Lydia, the purveyor of purple cloth. And Bert, the teacher of grapefruit trees, and June, the artist, have since died. But their relational gifts are markers on this faith journey. All in their unique way, they shared the gift of hospitality. So I ask all of us today, what will you be made, what will you be known for? What is the specific gift that you have to share? Because you have to give it away for it to be made known. So go and do it. Amen. <laughs>